Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 103 of the Adam Shine Podcast and the featured guest actually hates the fact that we start the episode by announcing the episode. Trust me, you don't want to miss this incredible interview with Mike Golick Jr. He's got a great new podcast out, Gojo Show. He was phenomenal on ESPN. The podcast is incredible. His journey into sports media, trust me. You don't want to miss it. Mike Golick Jr., the featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. And Bob Stu, of course, is with me as he is every single week producing the podcast. And Bob, how was the first Mother's Day for you and Cat Stu? Oh, Adam, it was just incredible. It was incredible. We actually ended up baptizing my daughter over the weekend, but it was awesome. It was like everything that you could imagine and more. Just a great Mother's Day for the Stu household. Oh, that's great. And how about that? What a, what a great weekend to choose. <laughs> baptizing Amelia Stu on Mother's Day. How, how about that, Bob? Yeah, well, you know what it is, Adam. My entire life, just like your entire life, it revolves around sports. Amelia <laughs> was born in November. She's not getting baptized during the football season. It's just not possible. I'm not choosing a Sunday. We're not doing that. We're not doing that to everybody else. I want people to actually show up to the baptism. I don't want people skipping it to go watch Championship Sunday or anything like that. So we moved it to May. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Even we caught some NBA. We caught some hockey. It was perfect. It was. A I love I asked Bob together. about his wife's first Mother's Day, and he's, he's breaking down all the sports they watch that that's the beauty of of our guy bob stew so i'm glad you guys had a great first day and a first mother's day and i I mentioned this on our radio show it was a a conversation that we had during the shine box and the poll question when we put out a, a twitter question and a poll question for the daily radio show shine on sports and and it dawned on me i need to start doing a poll question for the podcast So Katie likes flowers, right? I know she does not like Mother's Day flowers. So we have a great local uh, Italian deli. The Italian deli, by the way, a great Italian deli is is better than a great kosher deli. And that's coming from me. I know some people would say that's a hot take or sacrilege, but there's nothing like a great Italian deli. The Italian combo, it's unbelievable. So I had delivered. When Katie, you know, quote unquote, slept in, I took Maya to her softball game early. You know, start to get up. We do have two other kids. And waiting for her was a bacon, egg, and cheese from Anthony's Deli, which she loved. Made her day. I mean, just an, an incredible way to start Mother's Day. So I put it out in terms of the the poll question for the Adam Shine podcast: Better Mother's Day gift for your wife. 
74% bacon, egg, and cheese, 26% flour. So safe to say, Bob Stew, I absolutely nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. I'm stealing that move for the future. Everybody loves a bacon, egg, and cheese. It is personally my favorite breakfast item, Adam. When I die, they're going to cut me open. They're going to find a whole bunch of bacon, egg, and cheeses. Like, I'm just going to be made of bacon, egg, and cheese. You can't go wrong with a bacon, egg, and cheese ever. It's a perfect gift. I don't know how I never thought of that. I don't. I actually am embarrassed. Right? Yeah, I'm actually embarrassed for myself right now. You should I never be embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. I'm a romantic I mean, at heart. I'm always thinking about bacon, egg, and cheese. It's, it's, now, Katie's not anti-flowers, right? You know, she's running the school fair at the elementary school. A couple weeks, you know, I'll surprise her with flowers. And, you know, uh, maybe I'll tell her to fast forward to this part of the Adam Shine podcast. <laughs> That's one thing. But, but on Mother's Day, everybody gets flowers. Wake yep. up to a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, it's funny. I actually have flowers. They're just surrounding my living room right now. There's literally a flower on on every single coffee table in the house at this point. There's so many flowers. But my wife once told me she wasn't a person who liked flowers as gifts. And I made the mistake of believing that. It was a complete lie, by the way. She loves flowers. There's nobody who doesn't love flowers. They they make you feel good. Yeah. But I'm going to start rolling with that. The bacon, egg, and cheese on Mother's Day. What a brilliant, brilliant idea. I'm telling you, it. that's the move. And and listen, you know, I, I've also said, too, in terms of, of family, we had a great Mother's Day. My parents were here Katie's parents were here. You know, Katie's from Baltimore, so it's nice to get, you know, for my kids, all the grandparents together, same place. That was awesome. You know, I've always joked, and it's the perfect time to actually execute this with Mike Golick Jr. on on the podcast. You know, and obviously his dad, a, a legendary broadcaster, one of the best talk show hosts ever, sports talk show hosts ever. I've always joked that I should do a, a segment on the podcast, text from Jack Shine. You know, my, my dad, who's who's very involved in my career, texts me nonstop, you know, also views himself as the executive producer of every radio show and podcast and TV show that I do. So here is a text. You can't make this up, right? From my dad, literally at 1144. We're taping this. It's 1256 on Tuesday, 12.56 Eastern Time. You ready for this? Uh, yeah. On 5.10.2022. Adam, I have a great idea for you. Get Tom Brady on the radio show. <laughs> get him on the radio show or on the podcast. In fact, get him and Burkhart on together. That would be a great podcast. So, of course, the news of the day, Tom Brady, whenever he retires, he's going to team with our friend Kevin Burkhardt, the lead analyst for the NFL on Fox. And, Bob, aren't you lucky that you have my dad who's giving me and thus you the advice? We should get Tom Brady and Kevin Burkhardt together on the next episode of the Adam Shine podcast. Yeah, I don't really know why you employ me, Adam. I mean, you have your dad. He should just produce. I mean, that's 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 the idea. That's the spot. And I, and I heard LeBron James, he's going to be available, too, in the near future. Why don't we team them all up together? It'd be a great idea. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. My, my, my dad's the best, listens to everything, responds to every podcast, listens to every radio monologue, texts me about the outfits on on TV, responds when Swampo calls into a show. So, you know, he, he's just omnipresent with the text nonstop, especially about what's next on a podcast or a radio show or or on television. Mike Golick Jr. is the featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, and he joins us next. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast, he is absolutely a rock star in sports media, has a great new podcast out, Gojo Show, Mike Golick Jr. Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate the uh, the kind intro on this. And yeah, still, I'm still getting used to saying the name of my own show at this point. I've been used to doing the radio thing and being on game for years. So having this now literally just be an extension of me is New, but, you know, it, it's getting fun and it's been good already. Yeah, it really is. And I, I am a huge fan of yours, which I'll explain in a second. I, I love what you've done on, on radio and TV. And, you know, I'm saying this on my podcast. I'm not really a podcast guy. But your podcast, Chris Long's podcast, you know, J.J. Reddick's podcast, they right now are my three favorite sports podcasts that – that are out in in the universe. And, you know, I want to start with this. I started the show today by saying the episode number, episode 103. So I'm listening to your podcast, and, you know, you kind of have an issue with that. So, you know, I'm kind of a radio guy where I always want to, you know, creature of habit, start every show the same way. Is your advice to me, do I drop saying the episode number? No, listen, the fact that you have been around for over 100 episodes indicates you're doing it right. Like at this point, (laughs) I am episode seven into this thing, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. I also come from radio as the background. So I'm trying this all on for size. Like you said, I've listened to the podcast like Chris Long's. I've listened to the Pardon My Take guys. I've listened to Rosillo and all them and tried to say, all right, what do I like from those experiences? But even you can ask anyone when I was on radio, a clear intro and a clear sign-off were always things that evaded me. So maybe this is just who I am at this point. Well, I, I think it's it's fascinating on a lot of different levels. And, you know, when I talk to young broadcasters at my alma mater at Syracuse, I, I always say to them, 
you got to find your voice, right? I mean, I grew up in New York. I'm turning 45. You know, people would say to me, hey, you sound like a WFAN guy. You sound like Mike and the Mad Dog. Well, no kidding. That's, that's what I grew up on. You literally are a child of sports radio. I mean, your dad is on the Mount Rushmore of all-time greats. How did you find your own voice? A lot of trial and error. Like, especially when I first started at ESPN, you mentioned I was walking into the shadow of 20 years of two-time radio Hall of Fame broadcasting and all the different ways that I had watched my dad affect the industry as a kid. And there was, you know, the insecurity of doing that as coming from someone who, listen, had just had a failed attempt at an NFL career, who wasn't a dominant college football player. I'm very proud of my 17 starts and my national championship ass whooping. But besides that, you know, (laughs) I I didn't have the resume of some of the guys that I had grown up watching and enjoying in similar roles. And so for me, it took a lot of just doing it kind of like being an offensive lineman when I was a player, I needed reps. I needed to just go and hammer this thing out and figure it out. And the best thing that happened to me was getting to do radio every day from 4 to 6 a.m. Eastern and getting to make mistakes and getting to do this in a spot where sometimes it felt like my bosses weren't even listening. And that opportunity really for me was when, you know, three, four years in, I finally settled down enough to say, all right, been here long enough. They haven't fired you yet. But if going forward, my thought process always was, I'm always going to be an undrafted free agent, assuming that someone's ready to fire me. It's I'd rather get cut for being me than get cut for trying to be someone else that trying to mimic what, you know, a Kirk Herbstreet or a Dan Orlovsky or a Mike Golick senior does. Let me do the things that are unique to me. And if that's not good enough, we'll figure it out from there. You mentioned the four to six time slot. First time I heard you on the radio, I was getting up to go on an airplane and I I turned on the radio and I heard you and, you know, I wasn't sure who it was. And this guy's good. Who is Oh, that's Mike Golick Jr. And I said, I'm going to follow him. He's, he's fantastic. And, you know, you were able to really, you know, create your own niche. And, you know, I've interviewed your dad a bunch of times. I'm a big fan of his. You know, he told me at the Super Bowl that when you guys were working together, it was one of the highlights of his career. What was that experience like on radio? Yeah, it was it was surreal. It'll be the best thing that I ever do as a professional in this industry. Dad and I have both been pretty consistent on that because what a unique thing to get to do what I watch. You know, I grew up as a kid wanting to be my dad. It's why I started playing football. It's why I wanted to go to Notre Dame. I saw the people him and my mom were, I wanted to be like them. And so I did the things that I thought led them to being them and put them in a position to end up as the people that they were as my parents. And so that always meant I was doing what dad did on tape delay, right? I I went into play as a football player. I went to Notre Dame but it wasn't like there was crossover. This was the unique opportunity that when I got to ESPN, we both knew might be possible, but at that point, Mike and Mike's still going. I'm just working weekends trying to convince them to keep me around. And so when it finally happened to get to do it, I mean, I'll never have another co-host that I've got 30 years, 30 plus years now of experience of having these conversations of knowing where I can go with him. And that familiarity and comfort, I think for the audience listening to us, gave them something different to attach to, gave them, I mean, the notes that we got from parents and their kids, fathers and sons, mothers and daughters who had gotten chances to work together in whatever their chosen industry was, it was really cool for that connective tissue to exist and for us to have the opportunity to just have fun like that every day. 
Now, I think you're a perfect podcast host, which I'll get to in a second, but ESPN is ESPN, and you did a lot of great things. You're doing a daily radio show. You know, you're, you've played at Notre Dame. You're a color analyst. I loved you and, and Anish together. I love watching you guys. So this opportunity comes up to have your own podcast five days a week, which I think is great. DraftKings Umbrella, which is unbelievable. Mike, was it a no-brainer? Did you have to think about it? What made you decide to leave ESPN for this opportunity? Yeah, listen, it was definitely a difficult decision because, like you said, it's ESPN. And I was aware that while I felt like, you know, I had started to be myself more, I had started to, you know, make somewhat of a name for myself in doing so many of those different things, you still have the safety of the four-letter network that has been the place that people turn for their sports news and content for my entire lifetime. And so it was daunting to think about, am I ready to step away from something like that? What certainly helped out was, one, seeing how serious DraftKings was about this, right? Seeing the resources they had already put into people like the Dan Levitard show, into my father, Jared Carabas, who left Barstool to start his podcast there. Like, they clearly had an eye for what they wanted and they were willing to give these people creative support. And then for me, it was just, you know, lifestyle wise, I'm 32 and single with no kids. I live in central Connecticut. And so I looked and said, all right, if I've got an opportunity to maybe go and explore some different things, because now that this job can be done more remotely, I don't have to be in Bristol in a brick and mortar building five days a week doing the show. Maybe this can allow me to kind of see a different season of life outside of just the work part. I think one of the things that's pretty great in the way you do your podcast is it's you. And it's authentic. And, you know, one of the things about you, whether it's your Twitter feed or when I listen to you on radio, and this might sound like Captain Obvious, but you don't get this from everyone. You love sports. You live for sports. Not not everyone with a microphone is as passionate about sports as someone on the outside might think. You love all sports, every element of sports. You also treat reality shows like it's Game 7 of the World Series. So... How do you describe your podcast, what you put in, what you want in terms of X's and O's? Obviously, people associate you with football and then pop culture. Yeah, I I think it's just that. You know, I mean, you mentioned being myself. It was the number one bit of advice, and it sounds simple, but you and I both know in this job, being yourself and then being yourself in front of a microphone, being yourself on the call of a college football game versus a digital show versus radio versus podcast, they're all a little bit different, and so it takes time to get used to, but that was my dad's number one bit of advice, and I saw how well it worked for him for other people that I looked up to in the industry, you know, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill, Michelle Beadle. I saw the way that they didn't change from off mic to on mic. And so I said, all right, that that's the goal then to just keep doing that. Because again, in the content part of this, once we get away from live events, we're all just choosing who we give our time to, who that's we right. like enough to hang out with. And so I want everyone to see the full parts of me, you know, being into reality TV, tweeting about anime, tweeting about Premier League soccer, waking (laughs) up on the weekends, because as you shout into the void of something like Twitter or radio or podcast, you realize, oh man, there's a bunch of other people that have these small interests. And I always thought Mina Kimes did this the best. I call her the Rosetta Stone of content, because (laughs) if you've got one bit of interest somewhere, if you're into business or you're into sports, she can connect them all. And I think that's kind of the goal for the podcast is however you've come to find me or my co-host or us or the Golic name, 
we want to believe that we have something for everybody that's obviously grounded in sports and covering the things people are passionate about, starting with the stuff that we're passionate about and then meeting people where they are, but then letting all that other stuff leak in, you know, watching Mike and Mike for two decades growing up, the number one argument in the history of that show was, was Batman a superhero? It was the thing that fans brought up when they saw my dad in public. It was the number one thing on the tips of people's tongue. And so being willing to give of those parts of yourself, I think is an important part of this. And I'm lucky to have a, you know, a co-host and a producer and Brandon Newman, who was one of my teammates at Notre Dame, who is super giving of that, who's got young kids and his wife and family that I've already seen leak into our podcast in a way that I think is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that family friendship type environment. And it pours through. How cool is that to do that with brother Brandon, as, as you call him? How, how, how cool is that to do a podcast with him? It really is, and I was so fortunate. Brandon has already had such a diverse career in sports media. I mean, he started off as a page with the Letterman Show. Coming out, he got his master's in communications at Ball State after we finished playing together at Notre Dame. And then, you know, his road through all the things he'd done to get to a point now where he was a great candidate for this job, where we could look and actually make him a great offer to come over and be a part of DraftKings. But then for me, starting something new, it's, it's daunting still. It was a risk. And to look every day on the Zoom screen and see someone I've known since I was 17 years old, who I've been through so many other parts of life with and those parts of football that bond you in a way that few other things can when you really put blood and sweat into a pile together having that comfort and someone I can go to who's also remarkably talented in all the ways you'd want as a producer and someone working with you, I I hit the jackpot on that. There is no doubt. What's the preparation like for the podcast? It's so interesting. It's a lot like everything else with audio where you're always just kind of tapped in most of the time, right? You're looking at everything as it happens and saying, one, I've got to kind of be up to date on things as they're happening. We're living and breathing through the NBA and NHL postseasons right now. You've got football and the NFL doing schedule releases going on. And so you've got to kind of always be aware of these things because in my mind, whether it's digesting that, reading it on a Twitter feed, reading it on, you know, any of the dot-com websites or watching other programs, I'm just looking for things to ping off of, right? Looking for other opinions that spark something in me. And so that's the preparation, you know, technically wise, we have a Google doc that's open all day long. That's where we're firing stuff into. So we can ping that off each other, kind of have a plan in that guest booking has quite honestly been the newest hat that I've had to wear in all this that all of a sudden becomes interesting, but it's also forced us to keep it simple and say, Let's lean on our friends early. We've both done this just long enough now to know a bunch of really talented people who are willing to help us out and give us their time. And so far, that's been really cool to get to reconnect with people like Katie Nolan, who we both were at ESPN at the same time, to get to talk to a guy in Eric Wood from the Buffalo Bills, who was a guy I looked up to as a player and have gotten to know as a friend, to talk to my dad. You know, we'll have Stu Gotts eventually from the Levitard show, like, getting to take those friendships and just put them on a platform like this is going to be a ton of fun and already has been. Stu Gotts is the ultimate podcast guest. Yes. I mean, it really does not get any better than, than Stu Gotts. What was the best thing about playing football at Notre Dame? I think the best thing for me was just that it really was like a family tradition of sorts. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll never forget my last semester on campus was fall of 2012. It was our undefeated regular season. It was the best year that we'd had. And 
you know, my parents were at every game for that. My younger brother was a tight end on the team. He was a year younger than me, the class below me. And my sister was a swimmer on the Notre Dame swim team. So because oh, wow. I was taking my fifth year, Sydney, my sister was on campus already. And to get to see her in the crowds after home games, you know, it wasn't senior day, but I remember so vividly the last home game I knew she was going to be at. And so me, her, and my brother had this really great tearful embrace walking up the section where the band sat because the athletes sat close to the action in the stadium. And to just get to live those moments together where we were all in this place learning to be adults together. We were all getting to play the sports that we had loved so much as a kid. And for all of us, that was really just another avenue for our family to spend time together and to have that common bonding point, to get to be on the pool deck at her meets while she was there when we were all on campus. That to me was the most fun because I always enjoyed getting to watch my other friends play high level sports and whatever they wanted to do. But to get to do that with family is just a cut above the rest. I've always been a Brian Kelly fan. I always thought he was a really, really good, solid winning football coach. How would you describe Brian Kelly? Uh, Brian Kelly is an outstanding CEO in that role. And I think what you mentioned is he, I think, better than a lot of coaches, understands the space he's currently in yeah. and how he needs to operate in that. You know, how you coach at Grand Valley State, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, it changes at every spot the resources that are available to you both in players and in what you've got around the program to a place like Notre Dame, where we remember early on Brian's on TV, yelling, screaming, and getting caught on the camera in a way that he realized, all right, with all this natural national attention, I've got to change my approach a bit. I'm in a place in Notre Dame that may not always recruit dominant skill talent, but man, along the lines of scrimmage, we can really win. And so you saw over a decade that identity really start to form in a way that got them to the point where it's been double digit wins for the last five years because he came in right away and knew, all right, with training table, with how the locker room set up, with the plan for each day, he knew that right away in, in a way that I think is super helpful when you're just getting started at a program, but definitely in building that identity based on what's available to you. Do you think Notre Dame football for the future should be independent or join a conference? I think that they are going to be independent right up until we see some of like the major change yeah. in college football. Like it was always to me, there's no incentive for them right now. Jack Swarbrook, Notre Dame's athletic director has essentially been an AD and a conference commissioner as far as it's concerned with the process sure. of, I mean, every time you hear conversation about the CFP, it is the 10 conference commissioners and Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrook. He's really had to wear a much bigger hat than the athletic director role would in most places. And so because he's been one of those voices, because he's worked in those rooms so well, Notre Dame's always had a place in whatever the current postseason model is. And until that changes, there's really no incentive for them to join a conference. Now we're staring at a point, though, where the NCAA's power has severely weakened. Congress appears ready to, you know, debunk, you know, dismantle them if given the opportunity. And so now we're staring down, you know, that thought of what the Premier League and English soccer did years ago, where you broke away and said, we'll take the top earners and all this, the big movers that are actually doing the TV numbers, and we'll let them just do it themselves, govern themselves. It seems like that's where we're leading to in the world of college football. And then for Notre Dame, it's making the decision in the name, image, and likeness world. Are you going to go and operate like the teams in that weight class? Or does the academic mission mean that maybe you'll be with those group of college programs where that is still going to be a part of it? And it's not just going to be teams that have a tacit association with whatever university's colors they wear. 
I'm a big Mike Bray fan. I think he's vastly <laughs> underrated as a coach. I think what he's done for Notre Dame basketball universally does not get enough credit. Where do you stand on Mike Bray? Love Mike Bray. He, he's been an outstanding ambassador for that program and for the university. And we know the pressure of the Notre Dame head coaching job in football and how that can chew people up and spit them out, especially you go back to the early 2000s once they fired Ty Willingham. Normally it had been, you know, coaches resigned and that was how things went. And so we saw it, it turned into a pressure cooker of a lot of other jobs. For Notre Dame and the other sports, there's still a ton of pressure, but it's also understanding, all right, for Notre Dame basketball, you probably won't be recruiting in the same way that, you know, some of the other powers that we see across the sport, Kansas, Kentucky, all these, but again, finding an identity. Mike Bray has always played that brand of four guard basketball with some you know, above average height guys that can shoot the hell out of the ball in the perimeter and are going to find crafty ways to win games. I was pretty ticked off at the Notre Dame student body who a year ago was booing Mike Bray at home, had the fire Mike Bray chance for a guy that had in my lifetime had those elite eight appearances with Pat Connaughton and Jerry and Grant and that this past year enjoyed so much success. Again, this is a program where expectation wise, it's Every few years, we're going to make the tournament and be able to make a run when, like a lot of the rest of college basketball, you get a senior-laden team because, you know, outside of what we saw this year where we had such a unique case, you don't get many one-and-dones. You know, uh, Blake Wesley and what he was able to do for that team, you don't get a lot of one-and-done caliber guys at Notre Dame. And so you're sort of beholden on, let them sit and develop for a while until we get to that point. And Mike's done a phenomenal job of doing that while also in the shadow, you know, Muffet McGraw in that same building on the other side was one of the premier coaches in women's college basketball for her entire tenure there. How the hell did Notre Dame lacrosse not make the NCAA tournament? I, I had had so many conversations about this. And E. Shroff, who was my play-by-play partner this last fall, is also one of the best voices, I think the best Phenomenal. voice Phenomenal. for college lacrosse. And we were having this conversation down the stretch of Notre Dame season because they were in playoff mode, really going back to the North Carolina game a month ago. And he said, the unfortunate part is the college selection process for lacrosse is so flawed. It ends up so heavily dependent on RPI as a metric. And it often ignores some of the eye test things that I think are supposed to be part of a human committee. You know, for college football fans, I think about it like this. Go back to 2017 USC. Before Sam Darnold steps in as the starter, they lose three games at the beginning of that season. And then down the stretch, they're in a team in college football that would have signed up to play them. They played that phenomenal Rose Bowl against Penn State. And we said, well, this is just a product of there's only four teams that get into the CFP. With a much bigger field in college lacrosse, I thought the goal of the human committee was to say, all right, we're not just going to look at RPI. We're not just going to say, well, Notre Dame lost against the four best teams they played at the beginning of the season when everyone knows. They had some guys come back from injury, especially on defense in the back half of the year. They changed up who they were starting offensively. Jake Taylor came on in the Syracuse game in the middle of the season, and that offense changed. It was a different team down the stretch. And so every part of if you're watching these games, every commentator, the inside lacrosse pundits all had Notre Dame as one of the top teams in there because we all saw it with our eyes. But this committee just too stringently hugged 
the guidelines that have been part of a flawed process for a while. And it's a shame because talent-wise and the way they were playing, Notre Dame was capable of winning on Memorial Day weekend. And now they're going to have to watch this tournament with six Ivy League teams in it and wonder what if. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And Mike, final question for you. You referenced a niche and you guys do the bowl game. It's sponsored by Mayo. You're eating Mayo on national TV. What, what's the line for you? When it comes to doing something on air or eating so, what what is one thing where Mike Golick Jr. says, no, I'm good. I won't do that. I'm going to be honest. We haven't found it yet. <laughs> because, I mean, I had, I, I mean, the Mayo Bowl was certainly the most pointed example of all this. But I have laid down in a studio and had one of my producers in permanent marker draw a tattoo like Zeke Elliott across my stomach. Obviously. I have, I have you know, been part of an all-nighter for the fantasy football marathon with Stu Gotts on Fantasy Island where we were doing pretty much anything that we they asked us because we were punch drunk by the end. <laughs> And so I'm still kind of waiting to find the line right now. And that's the fun of it, right? Like, again, I saw my dad and them. I grew up watching them milk cows on air when they lost bet or, you know, get waxed on TV. And so that was to me always the fun of it is, hey, we got some interesting space here. Sports are very giving of strange things, especially the world of college football, like we mentioned. So Shoot, life's too short, man. Why not have fun with it and find out where that line is eventually? I mean, you you guys could hear it. It pours through during this interview. Mike Golick Jr. is fantastic. Definitely subscribe to his podcast, Gojo Show, Daily Podcast. It is absolutely incredible. And who knows? Maybe he'll keep saying the episode number at the beginning. We'll, we'll find out. Mike, continued success. I've been a big fan throughout your entire career. Can't wait to see how this podcast explodes, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Mike Golick Jr. How awesome was that? Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM, our listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. You know, we record the Adam Shine Podcast all year round. So please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM and on Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer of the Adam Shine Podcast, the great Bob Stew. The associate producers, Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Sound design by my guy, Robert Moore. And special thanks to SiriusXM Senior, Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the iconic Steve Cohen. SiriusXM Podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.